appreciate you, Ron. I really do. I truly, truly do. Do a fantastic job. I don't care what Hoppy says. I like it. No, I'm just joking. Do a good job. I look forward to, like I said this morning, I I wasn't joking around when I said that. He is. He's like the Paul Harvey of... Uh, Hymn music. I, I love hearing the backstories of these songs. I really do. I enjoy it. So I uh, I appreciate him uh, doing that because a lot of these songs, um, all his hymn stuff, like I said, Dad knows them, and of course my grandmother does. But uh, I don't really know a lot of these older hymns, and I don't, and, and I, particularly the backstory, the history behind them, I don't know anything about. So it's really cool uh, to get to hear that. Uh, uh, to uh, know the history because I love history anyway so it's kind of neat to kind of hear uh, who these artists were where they come from and how they come about writing some of these songs and I enjoy it I like it I really do and the beautiful songs but I, that's why about Michael W. Smith now I'm familiar with him but I didn't know that about uh, uh, him and his wife they only they were engaged in three weeks and married in four months that's wild I never knew that so it's pretty neat but he's wrote some incredible songs I've always always enjoyed his music but my favorite artist of all time is Stephen Curtis Chapman. I just have always loved his music. He's always tried to uh, uh, be a good Christian man, at least from what I've read and seen. He's always uh, been really tried to, to show the love of Christ, even when his adoptive daughter was uh, uh, died. And I uh, just uh, always admired him, always liked him, really have. He's uh, got to meet him one time. He's having that winter fest over at Freedom Hall, and I got to meet him and uh, talk to him. I got so nervous, I couldn't hardly say anything. He probably thought I had some, well, something more mentally wrong with me than what I do, but uh, so I was like, hey, music like you, picture please. So uh, he's probably thinking, oh, that poor little guy. <laughs> so it's kind of like when I met John Schneider when they had Duke's Fest. I was so excited to meet him. And he was like, hey, and I was like, <laughs> he was like, <laughs> it was. I was like, I got. He was on Smallville at the time, and I was like, I like you as as, as Jonathan Kent. And he's like, did you really like this scene? And I was like, <laughs> I got a picture made. I told Brady when I left. I thought, why couldn't I talk? And I was, I was like one of those girls with it with the. Did you see at the Beatles concert crying? I couldn't say anything. I was like, huh? Let me make a pill for that. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I said I don't really said it's weird we brought in all these famous people and you would think it would you know I I wouldn't be that way but I guess when you're such a fan growing up you know it's just it's like it was, uh, I just couldn't I froze you know I, I get that a lot when people come talk to me so but uh, yeah <laughs> yeah right anyway turn your Bibles to Lamentations chapter 3 listen we better get a move on here joke around too much dad will come through the screen and kill me here uh, Lamentations 3 we'll look at verses 22 through 24 of Lamentations chapter 3 so give y'all a second to turn there it's one of those uh, uh, books of the Bible we don't use a, use a whole lot and uh, so sometimes it's hard to Hard to get to and find, so I'll give you all just a few extra seconds there to look that up. Lamentations chapter 3. Still see a few people searching there. 
Verse 22, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion with my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. Let us have a quick word of prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Lord, thank you for another wonderful, beautiful day. Thank you for your grace, your mercy. Thank you, Almighty God, for sending your only Son to save us. Lord, thank you for always loving us, always giving us the ability to endure, to persevere for your strength. And uh, Lord, uh, never let us take that for granted. And uh, Lord, just help us each and every day to serve you well. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, tonight's message or teaching may be uh, kind of a continuation from this morning's uh, message I had. But, uh, you know, something I didn't realize, you know, I was talking about uh, Kayla Jean Mueller. Uh, you know, she was the one that was uh, the Christian girl, for those who wasn't here this morning, uh, was the, uh, uh, back in uh, 2014, uh, she, uh, uh, in Aleppo, Syria, she was uh, killed by these terrorists. And she would not renounce uh, her Christian faith. They would parade her around and try to say that uh, she had converted to Islam and she would uh, uh, proudly proclaim that she did not, even though she knew she would be tortured that much more. But what I didn't realize today, I uh, was uh, turned on social media when I got up here to the church when I was going to kind of go over a few things. And today, I did as the International Day of Prayer for the persecuted church. So here my message was talking about talking about persecution and endurance. And here today was the International Prayer for Persecuted Church. I didn't know that. In fact, they showed a picture of Franklin Graham and a church in Syria uh, that ISIS had bombed and talking about uh, uh, the Samaritan's Purse trying to uh, provide uh, help uh, to these individuals there in that area. So I thought that was very interesting. Like I said, it's very interesting how the Lord works. Uh, when He lays something in my heart to speak on or to preach about, uh, how He gives those little assurances. Like I said, uh, the very opening verse that I had this morning, a teacher had put on, one of Mass's former teachers put on Facebook. Then yesterday, I opened up Facebook and Mike had put that on there about uh, First Peter, the, the, uh, one of the first points of my message. So it's just, it's just interesting how the Lord works. Here I didn't even know that was today, and here I preached on that. It just shows how the Lord works. It just amazes me. I don't know. I, I just find those kind of things fascinating. But, um, uh, but anyway, we look over here at, at verse 22. It said, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. So let me... Um, Pull this up. Like I said, I try hard not to use notes, but I still have to have a few reminders from time to time. But um, when we see this here, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Uh, you know, we go through a lot of trials. We go through a lot of tribulations. We go through things, uh, you know, sometimes with other people don't even know about. Uh, and uh, our, we all have our own battles. We all have our own issues that we have to uh, deal with each and every day. We have our own addictions. We have our own... Uh, there's always a spiritual battle. I mean, I don't care. Each and every day, it's not a matter of, of uh, will the devil attack today. It's when he's going to attack today. And, and it's about being armed and being ready for that battle at hand. And the, and the devil, he has thousands of years of experience. And he knows how to zoom in, take that fiery arrow, and... Phew, but he knows where to hit that weak spot. He knows how to take you out in a heartbeat. That's why we have to have that shield of faith. That's why we have to be girded with truth. That's why we have to have that sword of spirit. That's why we have to be able to put on that full armor of God and be ready to fight when the old devil comes uh, attacking us. And there's times when that, though that shield, sometimes we 
and get a little lazy. Sometimes we allow certain things to, to distract us. And that's when those, those fiery darts can get a hold of us. Now, that's when we have the choice. We can lay there and take it. Or we can pray for God to give us His strength and His mercy and His forgiveness and stand back up and continue the fight. It's real easy to want to give up. That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to say, I've, I've screwed up too many times. I've messed up. I've done this. I've said this. Uh, there's a, this a, a continual circle of, of, of I fail. Ask for forgiveness. I fail. Ask for forgiveness. Why do I bother? Why do I try? How do I know I'm even saved? These kind of things. That's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to give up. But praise God for His enduring mercy and grace that he had, it gives you the ability to pick yourself up and to keep moving forward and to keep fighting and not giving up. And so when we ask for forgiveness, remember God is faithful just to forgive us of our sins and he lets it go. But see, remember that battle continues on because that's where the old devil wants to come back in and say, hey, remember what you said, man. Remember what you done, man. Remember what you thought. Remember how you acted. Remember what you did this. Remember what you done that. You know, and then it sort of just makes you feel that much worse. Watch me spit. And <laughs> I was wondering to have people sitting up front here. But uh, is that, um, you know, so it makes you feel that much worse. And so you're sitting there thinking, oh, God, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. I'm so sorry. Forgive me, forgive me. And but the Lord's like, I forgave you. All right, let it go. It's done and over with. The, the battle is continuing on even after we sin because the devil wants to keep hounding you. And that's what you have to say, man, get off me, leave me alone. I am forgiven, I am loved, I am redeemed, I am sanctified, and you have to keep pushing forward, all right? So when we see these here, no matter what the circumstances are, even in cases like with Kayla Jean Mueller and, and how she was persecuted and what she went through, and we can, I, you can even imagine what this poor girl probably went through in the name of Jesus Christ because she was a Christian, because she was saved. Like I said, she was tortured and she was raped repeatedly. And so we cannot begin to fathom what she went through, but yet she clung to Jesus Christ. Yet she still held true to His truths. You know, we have, you know, this morning, I say sure it was cold. I mean, it was so cold, I could hardly feel my hands. It was so cold in here. And, uh, uh, and so a lot of people, you know, they complain about uh, the temperature in a church or how hard a pew is or uh, I'm too tired to go to church this morning or I'm, uh, or any other excuses, you know, uh, well, I've got to do this today or I've got to do that. And so people make excuses not to come to church. And yet here we have somebody like this who endured daily torture and still live for Jesus Christ. And here we live in the comfort of America and the freedom to, to come and worship. And yet people make excuses not to come to church. You know, it just so we take for granted. And that's what I was talking about this morning with uh, Billy Graham and his message from 1957, and how he was talking about that uh, in the last two or three centuries, there's no been no persecution of the church in this nation, which is very unusual for those who are safe, for those who are Christians, because we've always endured that persecution. I talked about the Neronian persecutions and how they would cover uh, Christians in pitch, and they would light them on fire. Uh, Nero would to light his gardens up. And we see all throughout history how Christians have been persecuted in the name of Jesus Christ. But I do believe, and I do honestly, and I say I don't want to keep repeating myself and repeat the sermon I preached this morning. But the fact remains that I do believe it's coming down the line in this country. I really do in the, in the direction that it is going. I think that, like I said, I try so hard not to be political because a lot of people get upset about it. And so I do honestly try hard not to be. But you cannot deny the lunacy and the evil of the liberal left. I mean, they, they, the, they're, they're, they have been exposed, unbelievable, on what they believe. 
They want socialism. They want to silence Christians. They're for every evil, unethical, and immoral thing in the world out there. And how in the world anybody can support these nut jobs is beyond me. When I see the percentage of people that are for these people, I'm thinking, what is wrong with this country? There's anybody who would even think of supporting these people. I don't get it at all. It's just, it, it blows my mind. And so if you see that these kind of people get in power, I mean, you know they're going to want to go after pastors. They're going to go after Christians. They're going to go after these people. That, that, that hurts their little feelings. I mean, like I say, I just, it just amazes me how you can't, you can't even dress up for Halloween and somebody uh, gets offended because you have a cultural appropriation. You know, it's just, it gets, I don't know. Anyway, I just, I need to get off that. But it just, it, 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 you get my point. Uh, bless you. But you get my point of where I'm seeing the saying that there. So we can see uh, that even in the decline of our circumstances, that even though we may be attacked physically, may be attacked mentally, may be attacked emotionally, there's one thing that's for sure is that God's faith, His hope, His love, those things will never change. Those things are immutable. Those things are there forever. Even though the body may be attacked, the soul will not be. You know, that's one thing that uh, Kayla Mueller was talking about. said that even though she was in prison, a physical prison, she was free. You know, I've heard stories growing up throughout my life of, of men uh, and women who were in prison and uh, they learned to play piano in their mind. They would imagine the keys and they would uh, play the piano. They would create and build things in their mind. Just like I was talking about this morning when Billy Graham was talking about individuals he spoke with who were in prison who would, who would memorize the Bible, a huge portion of the Bible, and they would, would, would repeat that over and over in their head that got them through those tough circumstances. And, uh, and those who regretted not memorizing more of the Bible when they were put in those situations. And so, you know, even we could be locked into a, um, a very real prison. Uh, we can still be free when it comes to the things of Jesus Christ. He can still free us. Even though we may be locked in a cage, our freedom is in Jesus Christ. Our soul it cannot be attacked. Our soul cannot be destroyed. Our soul, uh, even though our bodies can be attacked, our soul can't. And so we can still have great freedom in Jesus Christ. Even the darkest of circumstances, we can still have that freedom. And that's what we need to cling to. And when we read these, these verses here, it is the Lord's mercies that are not consumed. That is, those are the things of God that cannot be consumed, that cannot be destroyed, are the things of God's grace and mercy and love and joy. Those things, can, the, the world cannot take away from you. And so, man, and so no matter what we deal with, no matter what we go through, we get to cling to God's hope. No matter how we may be attacked, no matter how we may be try to be silenced, they cannot take away God from us. And so we have the choice to decide when we are attacked if we're going to stand true for Jesus Christ or we're not. You know, that's one thing I was talking about this morning was the fact that sometimes, it's like Billy Graham's talking about, those who proclaim Jesus the loudest may be the very ones who, who uh, 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 deny Him the quickest and denounce Him. You know, but we never know in what circumstances uh, where we'll be tested and tried if we'll be able to stand true for Jesus Christ. I hope and pray that I would not ever deny my Lord and Savior, that I would always be courageous, that I would always stand true, and I would always stand strong. And I hope for every each and every one of us who claim that we are a child of God, you would do the very same thing, that you would stand true for Jesus Christ. So, uh, so we read here in verse 22, It is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. His tender mercies, His love for us, that is never failing. 
He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Nothing will ever pull us out of His mighty, righteous right hand. Nothing will ever pull us away from that. So we get to cling to His tender mercies. In fact, um, let's see here. I think it's Hebrews um, 6.18. If you want to look there, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine too. But Hebrews 6.18 says, That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon hope set before us. But the main part here is that two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. God will not lie to us. We can trust in His truths. We can trust in His righteousness. We can trust in those things that He tells us. And that's the very thing I was talking about this morning when it comes to our faith and our hope in knowing that because Jesus Christ tells us the truth, that God tells us the truth, that's where our faith, our strength lies. And then we have that hope for the future. We have that hope that is in Jesus Christ. We have that hope which is the glories of heaven. Those are the things we get to hope for because God does not lie. And so because God does not lie, we get to cling to those truths. All right, God is always there for us. No matter where you're at in your life, God is always there for us. And it says in verse 23, They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Every morning we can be renewed in the thanks of God. We can be renewed in the thanks of Jesus Christ. All right, all we have to do is dive into God's Word. Spend that time in prayer and God will renew us. He will strengthen us each and every morning. I look forward to my time in reading the Bible and spending that time in prayer. I look forward to that. I get up extra early every morning before Brandon and Madison wake up. I want to spend that, uh, that quiet time just me and the Lord before the day gets started. Brandon's like, well, I don't know why you get up so early. Why don't you just wait and, and, and read a little bit later because I know that if I don't read then, the day will get started. Phone calls are coming in. Emails are coming in. i got to run here. i got to run there. And I won't have that time, that precious time I need to be refreshed, to be renewed in the things of Christ. And that's what we need each and every day to be our strength to be renewed. Uh, you know, Ron was talking about this morning too. Uh, in Isaiah 40, 31, my favorite Bible verse. He said he didn't know that. It's my favorite Bible verse. That uh, we should be renewed. That strength to be mounted up with wings as equals. We shall run and not be weary. We shall walk and not faint. That, uh, that renewal of strength each and every day. That no matter what those past mistakes were, that we have the present to serve and to worship God. And it's not so much that we're making up for the past is that we have a new opportunity to serve God. Each day you wake up, you have a new opportunity to serve God. Forget the, the mistakes of yesterday, or the day before, or last year, last month, 20 years ago. You just use today to serve Jesus Christ. Just like I, you know, I, I told you this before. And I just think it's such a wonderful example. I uh, talk about the the, the marine um, drill instructor who, when they're he, he takes the men in front of the mountain. The mountain's huge. They got these huge packs on. And they're thinking, how in the world am I going to make it to the top of this mountain? And he says, point out a tree, make it to that tree. When you get to that tree, look to the next tree. When you make it to that tree, next to the, look for the next one. Before you know, you're at the top of the mountain. That's what we do as Christians: live each day for Jesus Christ. Just live each day for the Lord. And then when you get through that day, live the next day. Before you know it, see, sometimes we focus on the mountain instead of focusing on the tree in front of us. So let's just focus on each day as God gives it to us. Be renewed in His strength and serve Him mightily. And we read this, this right here where it says that uh, great is thy faithfulness. For whatever reason, that song has been on my mind in, uh, for several days now. I don't know why. And... Um, uh, I, I like the Chris Ross, uh, his version of that. Uh, there's, there's several ways uh, people have sung that song, but I really like Chris Ross. 
and how he sings, great is thy faithfulness. And it's just been on my mind. In fact, I even shared it on social media uh, and, and just, really, uh, just really been listening to those lyrics. And uh, Thomas Chisholm, now I'm not trying to steal uh, Rod's, uh, uh, what he does there, uh, but Thomas Chisholm, who wrote this song, uh, he, uh, I think it was in 1927 he wrote this, or he got saved and he wrote this song. And uh, as, as a member of Bible, Moody Bible Institute uh, that picked it up, and Billy Graham played it along with some of his international crusades. But uh, it's very interesting that uh, he got saved. And then I think it was in 1933 or something, he decided to go into the ministry. Well, he, because of his health, uh, he could not pursue the ministry. And after a year, he had to quit and end up selling insurance. And then he wrote over 200 poems and such. But, you know, the thing that, that fascinated me was the fact that uh, his sickness. You know, when as a child of God, if you're going to serve Jesus Christ, you could expect sickness. And that's what I was talking about this morning. You expect sickness, you expect trouble, you expect these kind of things to happen. But the reason why that sticks out to me is because like I was telling you this morning, you, as you all know, I deal with a lot of sickness. But it's very interesting to me the amount of men that God has used that dealt with sickness. You look at Paul who dealt with a thorn in his side and prayed all the time for the Lord to take it away, but never did. Just like I was telling you about the founder of Grace College where I went to, where I got my daughter, uh, Alvin uh, McLean, who dealt with a lot of health issues and sickness after a, a, an accident he had playing ball. And, you know, it just amazes me. You see all throughout history, a lot of these, these you know, sometimes when you deal with a lot of sickness like I do, sometimes you, you feel isolated, you feel alone, you feel like you're the only one dealing with these kind of things. And, and I think that go, it stands true for a lot of people in your spiritual walk, that sometimes when you go through certain battles in your mind, you feel like you're the only one going through that. It's very easy to feel that way. You know, you feel like, God, am I the only one who, who, who struggles with this issue? Am I the only one who deals with this? Am I the only one? And, and so it's so easy to feel that isolation. Again, that's the old devil at getting in your mind, trying to attack you and tear you apart. But it, that's when we have to fight back and realize that's why we church is important. That's why we have this assembling of ourselves together, not to forsake that. That's why we come together like-minded believers so that we see we're not alone. We're all screwed up. Right? We're all messed up. We all have battles. We all have things we have to deal with. But it amazes me, though, those that, that God has used mildly that dealt with a lot of health issues of sickness. I don't find that any coincidence. Uh, it, it's not so much, uh, for one, for me, it helps, uh, it helps me a little bit in my walk uh, because uh, it, is, it is frustrating and it, and, it play, and it plays on my emotions and it plays on me spiritually and emotionally because I feel like I'm lacking. I feel like I'm doing God a disservice. I feel like I'm letting God down. I feel like I'm letting the church down, I'm letting my dad down, letting my family down, dealing with all these sicknesses and health issues. And it makes me angry. Uh, because there's so many things I want to do and I can't. There's so many things I want to pursue and I can't. And, and it is very frustrating for me. But when I read these things, just as I'm reading about uh, Thomas Chisholm, who wrote a beautiful, beautiful hymn, and, and, and read about other mighty men of God who dealt with a lot of struggles and issues, I don't feel so alone. I don't feel so angry. I don't feel so uh, emotionally distraught because I say, wow. Here are these guys dealt with things maybe far worse than I did. And look how God used them in a mighty way. And so, and so instead of feeling sorry for myself, I can say, wow, you know what? God can use me in a mighty way. And so uh, therefore, I can just let that go. Because that's another fiery dart the old devil wants to throw at me to bring me down. And that's when I use that shield of faith and be like, you know what? 
God can still use me no matter what. God can still use you no matter what. No matter the circumstances in your life, no matter what you're going through, God can still use you in a very mighty way. And that's why we need to cling to His hope. And if God doesn't lie, and if God doesn't lie, then we stand true to His Word, then we can ravel in that. We can take hope in that. We can have faith in that. Just as, 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 as uh, Kayla Mueller, as she had clung to that faith of God in the most horrific of circumstances, she clung to the hope. She clung to the faith. That we have that same faith and that same hope. And sometimes, you know, I like what a, what a guy said one time. He said, when you feel like it, you're in, at the end of your rope, tie a knot in it and hang on that much harder. You know, God is there. See, understand something, okay? This is what's really, really cool, all right? You know, this morning I was talking about uh, how when the storm hit and John and the rest of them, you know, they were fishermen. They were used to seeing storms. And uh, they see this mighty storm. It must have been a crazy storm for them to get scared and upset because you know they saw a lot of storms out there. But to get that scared and upset that they had to go wake up Jesus and they were freaking out that Jesus said, be still. And he said, where is your faith? You know, sometimes that's what I was talking about. Sometimes the, those storms in our life seem bigger than Jesus. And that's the old devil trying to psych us out. But see, here's the thing now, all right? I want you to listen to this. The God of the Bible that parted the Red Sea, the God of the Bible that was with Moses, that was with Abraham, the God of the Bible that was with David who fought overcome Goliath, the God of the Bible who did all these things with all these great men of the Bible and women too, is the same God today. All right? Understand that. That's not just in the past. That same God is still here today. That same God is with you today. So when I was having surgery, guess what? God was there. When I was out in the world and not, doing, and not living for the Lord, God was there. When my best friend died of cancer, God was there. In my darkest moments, God was there. When I wanted to commit suicide, God was there. When my daughter, we thought we was going to lose her. And, and they told us that, that, uh, that you're going to lose the baby. God was there. No matter where I can look back in my life, and no matter what part of my life I look at, I can see God was there. And God is there today. So no matter where you're at in your life, God is there. And that same God, that mighty God, is here today. So the devil wants you to look at the storms of your life and be like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? God, help me. And Jesus is like, where is your faith? Remember this morning, I handed out all those little uh, uh, mustard seeds. Brandy was like, she goes, I can't believe how small those mustard seeds are. I said, exactly. That's what Jesus was trying to make the point is that if you can just have that much faith, all right? He's not saying that's the only faith to have. Your faith should be beyond that. But you've had just that much faith. What you can accomplish and what you can do. See, you know, that's what I was talking about. Some people want to discount the Bible and say, well, um, uh, you know, because Jesus said that's the smallest seed and, and, uh, and so uh, you know, the, the uh, science tells us that there are seeds that are smaller. But see, he's using terminology that uh, the Jews used in the day. See, they, they used that, said the size of a mustard seed, to describe something that was small and insignificant. And, uh, and sometimes that's the way the devil wants to make you feel, is small and insignificant. 
But see, we have to remember that we are a child of God. And we are not small and insignificant in God's eyes. He loves us. And He wants the best for us. And He wants to, uh, to give His mercy and His grace and His strength to us each and every day. And we need to renew that strength each and every day. And that's by getting into God's Word and spending that time in prayer and not giving up, not focusing on the storm, but focusing on the one who can calm the storm. And so we, you know, it's so easy to let the, the trials and tribulations of our lives to rule us and, uh, and to guide us instead of letting God, who is in control of all these things, to rule us and to guide us. The verse 24 says, The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore I will hope in Him. So we see here, when we read this verse here, that it's talking about uh, uh, the portion, the Lord's portion of His people and is, 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 is His portion in life and in death, in time, and eternity, God is there. You know, like I said, I do that funeral yesterday, and, and y'all have heard me talk about this before, but I feel like it bears repeating. You know, in Psalm 23, when he talks about, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, that even in life and even in death, God is there. Jesus is there. Jesus is going to take us by the hand, and he's going to help us cross over. I'm amazed at people out there who are saved, who have a fear, dreadful, terrifying fear of dying. And I don't understand that. If you're a child of God, what is there to fear? Because God is with you. You know, I'm not encouraging death, you know, but I know that when I die, Jesus is going to be with me. I'm not going to be by myself. But for those who don't know Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior, that is the end. Their opportunity to, for salvation is over. They will spend eternity in hell and they should be afraid. But for those of us who are saved, we get to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ. For all of eternity, we get to be with Jesus. No more suffering, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more aches and pains, no more surgeries, no more sickness. All that will be gone. That is the hope we get to look forward to. You know, this morning I was talking about how hope is all the time looked at in a negative light because I say, boy, I hope it... You know, Brandy will uh, make something good tonight or I hope that uh, uh, my car doesn't break down or I hope that uh, uh, I don't lose my job or I hope, you know, we have all these things that we hope for that has a negative uh, uh, connotation that, you know, we think you know, we're worried about. But with God's hope, that is positive because we can know that He doesn't lie. We can take, we have faith in that and we know that that hope is a positive because we look forward because we know he, when He tells us something, we can cling to that promise. And so we get to hope, we get to look forward to those things that He promises us in the future and in the present. Praise God for that. We get to have His strength now. Plus, we get to look forward to that future glory. And so, you know, that, those kind of things should excite you, should ignite your passion for Christ. You know, that's so what I was talking about this morning. You know, it, it's just I worry about the, the apathy among fellow believers, the complacency among fellow believers. I've talked to several people uh, here within the last year or so that said they, they just feel so complacent and, and they just, they just don't, don't feel the excitement they once used to feel for Christ. Think about what made you become a Christian. What helps you to remain a Christian? What do you look, get to look forward to as a Christian? When you start looking back and thinking about, you know, what drew you to Jesus Christ, 
I think that should put a smile on your face. That should excite you about what brought you to, to, to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And so you get to, to, to think about His glory and His love and, and the fundamental change He's made in your life. That sanctification, that uh, continual change each and every day. The faithfulness of God. Uh, I want you to look at uh, Deuteronomy 7, 9. Just real quick here. Deuteronomy 7, 9. It says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with Him, that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations, the faithful God. You know, this morning... Um, I was focusing to sing heavily, heavily, heavily on uh, our faith and our hope. But see, God is faithful. See, that's a, that's a cool thing too, is that we have that faith in God. See, God gives us that faith. That's not something we purchase. It's not something we buy. It's not something we conjure up on our own. It is the Holy Spirit that dwells within us that gives us that faith in God. Okay? And so, but God is faithful. See, that's a, that's that to me, that's a wonderful thing. Not only are we required to have faith, and that faith produces hope. Like I said this morning, you can't have hope without faith. You can't have uh, faith without hope. But God is faithful. And, and so, you know, it, it is God, despite our wickedness, despite, despite our, our evil thoughts and, and things that we deal with daily, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. God is faithful to love us. God is faithful enough to forgive us, to love us, to strengthen us, to help us to endure, to persevere. God is faithful. Man, praise God for that. He don't just turn us out on our own and say, well, okay, here you go. You know, you better trust in me or that's it. And, but no, God continues to indwell, to indwell in us and to love us. God is faithful. And I, that's why I don't know, like I said, this, this, this whole, um, I don't know, I won't say week, but last three or four or five days, whatever, is uh, uh, how great is thy faithfulness? That just played in my, my mind over and over. I've listened to that song over and over. How great is thy faithfulness? Thank you, Jesus. You know, that's one great thing about being a Christian or reading God's word, that he reveals new things to you each and every day. You know, that's uh, Kayla Mueller. She says she tried to find the good in every situation. How in the world that young lady found the good in a torturous jail cell and environment is beyond me. But if that young lady can find the good in a situation like it, then what excuse do we have? We need to see if we can find the good in other people, the good in our environment, the good in those things around us. I felt guilty reading her story and here I complained about bills and insignificant things that in my life and here this girl was finding the good in uh, a very horrible, horrible situation. I think a lot of us need our little fannies kicked. I really do. And how we think and how we live. And we take for granted God's love and His faithfulness. So let us strengthen our faith. Let us strengthen our hope. Let us be encouraged each and every day. Let us be renewed each and every day. And I praise God for Ron's sermon this morning. It really hit dead on. And uh, praise God for that. But let us, uh, as, as he was talking about this morning, Isaiah 40, 31, let us run and not be weary and let us walk and not faint. 
If you'll stand, we will close in prayer this evening. Appreciate each one of y'all coming this morning, this evening, and to sort of say this morning, this evening, and uh, pray that you will use each day that God gives you for His glory. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Lord, thank you for your grace and mercy. Lord, thank you for never giving up on us. We fail you each and every day. We fail you in thought. We fail you in word. We fail you. We fail you in deed and action. Lord. Help us to have the strength to endure and to persevere and to never give up, to serve you always and mightily, and that one day we will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, if there's anyone here this evening that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead God. Watch over protect us until we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Y'all have a good night.